So we're recording. Is that recording? We're ready to go. So, how did you end up here? This is Blank on Blank, where lost interviews come to life. Distributed by the Public Radio Exchange, PRX.org. I'm David Gerlach. <laughs> I should let you know. Yeah. This is my third day without sleep. Oh, God. Whatsoever, so it could be very interesting. That's perfect. That's what I'm looking for. That's actress Amber Heard. And I'll be honest, her name really didn't ring a bell when Jason Pfeiffer told me about the interview he did with her for Women's Health magazine back in 2011. But he said it was not your typical Hollywood interview. I'll let him explain. I hadn't heard of her either, but she was starring in this upcoming Johnny Depp vehicle, Rum Diaries. And so I said yes to the assignment. We sat down in the Barber Hotel. Amber is this stunning, just like intimidatingly beautiful blonde woman. And so I went into this expecting to talk about Hollywood life and her personal style and all that boring stuff. But when we first sat down, before I turned my tape recorder on, she'd made some passing mention of how people in this conservative Texas community that she had grown up in kind of always expected her to sit pretty and shut up. And, and she, she really holds on to that resentment. And, and, and I think that the, the moment when she kind of split from that world, where she realized that she was separate from it, is when she started reading uh, the things that every school kid reads, you know, the Fahrenheit 451 and Animal Farm. That's so interesting because your class reading Animal Farm became an extension of Animal Farm. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. You had, like, Except you for I wouldn't want to be. The, well, I wouldn't call myself a pig that broke away. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I certainly felt like I looked around. Yeah. And, and this was some sort of twisted social science experiment. Like, yeah. which one of us is going to raise our hand and say, okay, we get it. We're, yeah. <laughs> we're part of the book. I get it. Right. But no one did. No one, and I didn't have anyone with whom I could talk about these things with. I mean, that's bold to even be able to do. Yeah, I'm the only one. Don't get me wrong. I went through my phase of going out of my way to play dumb. I remember giving into that pressure. I have to say, you know, I felt it very early to do that because it, as a woman, made me more likable mm-hmm. and easier to swallow. And probably still to this day, a lot of that's true. It's way easier to deal with a woman who's compliant and nice and sweet and sunny and non-competitional, whatever. I did notice a pattern amongst my peers, especially my female peers, of this strength and independence being uncool mm-hmm. for girls. It was un- very uncool to know the answer and very uncool to possess strength. And I was angered by that. And instead of thinking the animals were cute in Animal Farm, mm-hmm. I felt like everyone was either on purpose ignoring the message or on purpose choosing to not deal with that message because it upset or endangered the comforts of being a part of the problem. I felt like there was a debate all around us. It was just never, no one was brave enough to take up the other side. (laughs) Lucky for me, I've always accepted a challenge with a sort of zeal that you would expect of someone that did not look like me. Mm I've always approached a challenge with a certain veracity, and I'm proud of that. Yeah. 
you think well, that so. your upbringing was useful? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm proud that I came from a, I was put in an environment that made me truly find an identity. And I, at some point, and I don't remember when it was, decided that I would be an individual and the never dying fascination with learning more and being challenged more that that's my piece uh, I'm, I'm thankful my parents you know invested in my education truly invested in mm-hmm. it and I repaid them by dropping out at 16 <laughs> uh, but I, I I dropped out after I placed out I took my GED and I took the SAT scored a very high score yeah. and then left mm-hmm. and I did something that no one advised me to do everyone advised me uh, against it was probably very 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 dumb that I did but I did it anyway because I had a dream and a passion and I wanted to I wanted more this world is big and wild and half insane so after deciding to go her own way blaze her own trail at 16 Heard said she scraped some money together, got some headshots taken, she got a break or two acting in Austin, Texas, and by 18, she had moved to Los Angeles full-time. Now her career marches on, she's in her mid-20s now, lots of films, she's still reading, still asking questions, and is still looking for answers. I am writing Salman Rushdie right now. Mm. I've loved his work forever. He's getting fan mail, so <laughs> <laughs> so he better write me back because it precious I want to thank Jason Pfeiffer for bringing us this interview. He's now a senior editor at Fast Company Magazine. Follow him on Twitter at Hey Pfeiffer, F-E-I-F-E-R. Amy Drozdowska produced this blank on blank with me. Our sound logo comes to us from Jeffrey Allen Jones. And for all the journalists, nonfiction authors, interviewers of all stripes out there, we want to hear your lost interviews. So drop us a line to interviews at blankonblank.org. Blank on Blank is distributed by the Public Radio Exchange, prx.org. I'm David Gerlach. Keep listening. Oh,